Hello and welcome to Just Jets episode number 182. What is going on? My name is Matt O'Leary and I'll be hanging out with you as we are here for another episode to discuss New York Jets football. And what I want to get into today, I want to talk about the Jets running back room and how that will look after the Dalvin Cook edition and Brees Hall coming back. Good news there. And I want to get into the offensive line because it was a tough day for the New York Jets offensive line yesterday at training camp. We will talk about the best five for the New York Jets, who that will be, and what the New York Jets should do there. And of course, your voicemails. But before we get into it, yes, football season is approaching, but it's still beach season. August still counts as beach season, season people. So make sure to unleash the beach beast within you this summer with Manscaped as they're here to help with your beach game with their new Beard Hedger Pro Kit. They're going past the Wasties grooming game and diving headfirst into your facial hair fantasies. The Beard Hedge... The Beard Hedger, excuse me, is a game changer, allowing you to shape your beard like a true beach babe. So this summer, let those beach boys bounce, and let's turn some heads with Manscaped. Go to manscaped.com, use my promo code JETS20, that is J-E-T-S-2-0, for 20% off and free shipping. Make sure to pick yourself up something nice over at manscaped.com with my promo code. All right, let's hop into this episode once again. A lot to get into today, and the big storyline of the week is it is officially official. It's officially official. Dalvin Cook is a New York Jet. We I feel like I've talked about this for months. For a really long time, he was linked to the New York Jets, and the timing was a little bit interesting because this week, I would have said, was probably the last week anything could happen, and for a while, it felt like, all right, I think yeah, I think he's going to end up with the Dolphins. And then he visits the Jets. And it's like, all right, it's only a matter of time before he signs with the Jets. And then, you know, you start getting further along in training camp. And they seemed, you would think, far apart on the numbers. And then the running backs have a pretty good game against Carolina. And I'm like, I'm not so sure anymore if they're going to end up signing Dalvin Cook. And then they do add a Dalvin Cook. And that's kind of, again, a, a big story because... You know, he's been linked to the Jets for a while, and now the conversations could begin about, all right, who's the odd man out of that group? And that's what I'm going to try to talk through today, because after the move was made, originally there was a little bit debate of, is it going to be Michael Carter? Is he going to be traded? Are they going to practice squad or cut Bam Knight? What's going to happen there? And then some people were team, Brees Hall's going to go on the pup list or uh, going to start the year on IR. Who missed the first four games, and then you go from there. And, you know, I understood that, but for all along, the Jets were very, very clear that their intention was for Brees Hall to come back and be ready to go for week one. And that became, that plan became more official, at least in my eyes, as yesterday. Brees Hall was activated off the pup list, the physically unable to perform list. He uh, he was able to join the New York Jets at practice in a limited capacity. He's not going to be running out there uh, just yet, and that doesn't mean they're not going to continue to continue. Excuse me to bring him on slowly, but you know some assume that the addition of Dalvin Cook meant Brees Hall definitely not going to be able to start the season with the Jets, which is not going to be the case. And also worth noting that, yes, the Jets signed uh, Dalvin Cook, excuse me, but Dalvin Cook also is about a week out from being able to practice with the Jets because, number one, he's expecting a child, so 
Uh, congratulations to him. And number two, he's still recovering uh, from shoulder surgery. So uh, he is still recovering from the shoulder. So that may end up taking a little bit there. Uh, but the moral of the story is the Jets are going to have a difficult decision to make. So let's talk through how this running back room could shake out. To me, there's five guys seriously competing for it. All due respect to Travis Dye, who I think had some nice moments in the Panthers game and some nice moments in the preseason and uh, just training camp in general. But Brees, Dalvin, Izzy, Michael Carter, and Bam Knight are the five. And of those five guys, three are absolute locks. Dalvin Cook, Brees Hall, Izzy Abanacanda. Now, the reason why Izzy is a lock is because they just used a draft pick on him this year. It would be so strange to use a pick on a player and then try to practice squad him, and then more than likely he would have to he would get claimed by by another team. I, I would find it extremely extremely surprising uh, if the New York Jets tried to sneak him on the practice squad because I think he is getting claimed. So those three are the ones who are definite. Now let's talk through the other two options because you see a a legitimate debate, and I think you could make a case for either one of those guys, but let's talk through it. So Michael Carter, right? He was drafted by the New York Jets in the fourth round in 2021. He had a really nice, impressive rookie season. Uh, He was... Uh, kind of the leader of the clubhouse in that running back room. The Jets, you know, not that they had necessarily had this super impressive running back back room at the time, but he, you know, was looked at as, okay, even if he's not a true number one, he could be a 1B or a nice piece of the rotation. And then last year, I don't know if it was injuries. I don't know if it was a sophomore slump. I don't know what it was, but he did not look like the same player. And there were some thoughts by you know uh, you know fans and people who cover the team that maybe Michael Carter is a is a trade away target, and the Jets I don't think would straight out flat out cut Michael Carter if they choose that he is the odd man out and they would rather keep Bam Knight. I think you would be able to get a day three pick for him. You know, you flip him for a fifth or a sixth round pick probably, and you're keeping Bam Knight. At that point, but we saw a very good version of Michael Carter in the Jets preseason game against the Carolina Panthers, where he looked like the guy that we all saw in his rookie year, where he was very involved in the passing attack, which Nathaniel Hackett and Aaron Rodgers loves getting. They love to get the running backs involved in both the passing and just the offense in general. Uh, And he was elusive and made guys miss. That's what made him so efficient and effective as a rookie running back. He's not someone who's going to really blow you away with his breakaway speed, but he's an elusive back and will make people miss uh, and get some extra yards that way. He's hard. He's hard to tackle in that sense. Uh, usually making the first guy miss and picking up a, an extra couple of yards. So uh, that would be the challenge of moving on from him is you saw a productive player in his first season with the team. Uh, and then second season, not so great, obviously, as we know, but now in year three looks closer to the player that, you know, we originally saw uh, with the New York Jets. So that would be uh, a challenge. And then there's Bam Knight, who's an undrafted free agent last year. Uh, and you'd think, okay, just based on that. Okay. Easy decision, Bam Knight. And while, I probably lean that Bam is going to be the odd man out. It's not that simple because last year there was, what, a three-game stretch where he looked really, really good. 
uh, was the leader in the clubhouse. And then just like forget how the season ended or forget the couple of good games that he had, specifically against the Chicago Bears. But in training camp so far this year, without Brees Hall and before Dalvin Cook got here, Bam Knight looked the best of the group. So how are you going to hold that against the guy when he looked the best and was getting a nice run with the ones for a while there? It's not that simple. It's not as easy as, oh, well, you know, you put the undrafted guy, you try to put him on the practice squad. And I think that's where they end up going. That would be my guess uh, and my thoughts on this, uh, you know, right, right now. Um, I've kind of gone back and forth a little bit over the last couple of months on whether I thought it would be Bam or Michael Carter. But with how things are going right now, I would lean that Bam Knight would be the odd man out. And I would think that they try to practice squad him because Bam was on the practice squad originally for the Jets last year. Uh, then they called him up. He played really well and he stuck on the team because I think if they tried to you know, put him back on the practice squad, uh, he would get claimed. And I do think that there's a chance that he would get claimed. I've seen, you know, some pushback on that as well, saying, well, there's, you know, there's so many other veterans on the market and Bam's a project. I I don't know if Bam is really a a project running back. I think that on most teams, he would be a number two or three running back, uh, probably closer to a number three, but an effective, an effective player and someone who, look, I'm going to be a little bit bummed if he's gone or if it ends up being Michael Carter, I'm going to be a little bit bummed about that as well. Uh, those are two guys that I, I, I like a lot and thought that they would have nice roles here, but the Jets wanted to go with the veteran presence. They ponied up and paid uh, Dalvin Cook up to it's uh, you know up to eight point six million dollars, uh, which is a nice chunk of change. But you know, with the Aaron Rodgers restructure of the contract opening up some salary cap space for this year. They have the luxury to do that, and that's what you know. This edition was it was luxury. They they added you know a, a guy who has a ton of experience, is a Pro Bowler, uh, at a position uh, to try to help push this offense forward. Uh, and we could you know you can get into the debate on whether they should have focused on a, a playmaker or an offensive lineman, but that's the direction the Jets wanted to go. They have a very young running back room. Uh, and they view the veteran presence of Dalvin Cook as an effective one. They think it's worth that. So the Jets add Dalvin Cook, and we'll see. We'll keep a close eye over the next few weeks on how the rest of this running back room shakes out. But that kind of became the the next thought. Is finally like the the thought of Dalvin Cook coming on the team. Okay, we've been thinking about that for a few months. Brees Hall, excuse me, getting activated the ne- the very next day that's the story and that's cool. But now like the next step is figuring out which one is not going to make it, which one of the guys uh, is, is on his way out is, is the one on his way out. So uh, it'll be very curious to see now something else I wanted to get into before we get into the voicemails, a lot of voicemails this week. I'm really excited to get into that is the New York jets offensive line because yesterday at training camp, they really, really, really struggled. They had a really bad day. Uh, And also some not great news. Elijah Vera Tucker did not practice and is day-to-day. Now, day-to-day, thankfully, is not anything of major panic at this point as you're just a little less than a month away from your season starting. It's not quite a month, uh, but it's, you know, you're still a few weeks away from that season starting, so you're not hitting the panic button there. But without AVT, who is... Without question, the Jets' best offensive lineman. That line 
today was or yesterday rather was not not pretty and no Dwayne Brown either uh, at this point it was Max Mitchell at left tackle who got banged up and had to leave for a little bit he had a he was grabbing his back when he went down. Uh, and Mekhi Becton actually came in and got some first-team reps finally, uh, which was exciting to see because I think he's earned that. I, I think it's, you know, he played significantly more snaps uh, against the Carolina Panthers and has had and put together some really nice practices. So that I'm excited about. But uh, Lincoln Tomlinson was beat a couple of times. Billy Turner at right tackle has continued to be, get beat again. I really hope that, Billy Turner is not the plan for the starting starting right tackle on opening day. That worries me because I think if he's your fourth tackle on your depth chart, fine, which was originally what I thought he was signed to, to be. And uh, I thought that was going to be his role. But with no Dwayne Brown and Mekhi Becton not taking any snaps on the right side, I think he has a very real chance to, to be that starting right tackle unless they move AVT out to tackle, which is something that I'm not opposed to, but they have to start getting him snaps there because he's only played at guard. Uh, but Joe Tipman took a step up and got snaps with the ones, which is exciting. He went from the third string to the first string in a matter of two weeks, which is impressive, but he put back-to-back really, really nice games on tape uh, and has had stacked really good practices. Going forward now, uh, Robert Sala said yesterday that the New York Jets will split reps between Connor McGovern uh, and Joe Tipman in this competition. So it shows you that, you know, Tipman's closing the gap, which is, you know, expected. He's an extremely talented guy. There's a reason why he went in the second round. But I'd be lying to you if I, you know, didn't mention that I'm, I'm a little bit nervous about this offensive line. I have been for the entirety of the offseason. I can't count how many times I said it, this will be the thing that makes or breaks the New York Jets season. Um, but I think the best case scenario for how they could get this thing to shake out is eventually we've heard Robert Sala say uh, that eventually Dwayne Brown is going to make his way back. So Dwayne Brown at left tackle, Tomlinson at uh, left guard, Titman at center, either uh, Connor McGovern or Schweitzer, one of those two guys at right guard and AVT at right tackle, I think would be a, a, a way to mitigate some of the potential problems that the Jets offensive line could have. And I, I know that there's going to be people who say, well, Mekhi Becton, like he's our, he should be one of the starting tackles. And I don't necessarily disagree with that idea, but he he hasn't taken any reps at right tackle yet. None. He's been exclusively on the left side. And if the Jets view him exclusively on that side, for whatever reason it may be, whether it be Mackay saying it or the team or, or organizationally, that's just the stance on it that they want to take. Well, then then he's not going to just out of nowhere after not practicing it all training camp long, be the opening day right tackle starter. If that's what they wanted to do, they better start doing that now, like e- immediately, <laughs> like yeah, yesterday. Like you can't just be wake up one day on you know on September 11th and Robert Sala go, you know what? That Mackay Becton kids, he's he's had a pretty good training camp. We're gonna plug him in at right tackle on opening night. It doesn't work that way. You got to build up, you know, the the chemistry on it and just for one the individual but also the unit itself which is another thing you're, you're, we're getting a little bit closer now uh ideally 
Robert Sala uh, thought that he would have the offensive line figured out by the Panthers game, but this line is going to have to get some chemistry and get it quick because it's uh, it's rotating right now. It's not they haven't gotten the reps together. It's every day is a different you know jumble, and I get it. There's competition, and there's got like Dwayne Brown hasn't practiced yet, but. I want these guys back, and I want whatever it is that they decide to do, right? Whether it's AVT at, at guard or tackle, or whether it's Billy Turner or Max Mitchell. and what, like We can get into those mini debates on who, who should end up where and what they're going to do, but can we get a couple of weeks of what the actual starting five offensive line is going to be and get them practicing together? Because they need the reps together. Like Chemistry is such an important part on offenses on offensive lines. That's another thing I was talking about with the individual with Mikai Becton being like, we wake up and go, okay, yeah, he's going to play right side today. Well, if he hasn't practiced it all off season, that, that, that may be an issue. It might just be a little bit of a problem, but also it's, it's very hard to say, all right, we're going to play, you know, Tetris here with the offensive line. We're going to do a little mix and match and just put it out there and hope it works. A Monday Night Football against the Buffalo Bills. They, that's a lot easier said than done. I'm a little bit worried about it. I'm a little bit worried. I'm not going to sit here and like be like, oh, this is they're going to bottom out. They're going to be a terrible team. No, I, I don't think that's the case at all. But your, your goal is to win a Super Bowl, right? That's the goal of this team, winning the division. The thing that might, again, keyword might, not definite, not will, but may, Hold this team back, I think, is the offensive line. To me, that is the glaring thing. I'm like, all right, if there's going to be a problem on this team, I think that's the spot. I hope it's not the case. I hope they start clicking soon. But it was a tough practice on Tuesday. And hopefully that's not the case the rest of the week and the rest of the season. Because that would be a real shame. Let's get into those voicemails. We have a ton of voicemails to get into, which makes me very, very happy. I love going through uh, and doing the voicemails. We're going to start out with uh, John calling in from the Poconos. He wants to talk opening night. All right, cool. Let's do it. Well, Matt, this is John White. I'm in the Poconos. Uh, my best buddy just screwed me, so I have an extra ticket to the opener, the home opener on Monday night at uh, Tailgate Joe's, and I'm looking to, uh, you know, take somebody else to the game with me. So uh, if you know somebody that could use a ticket or even you or somebody, you know, whatever, um, it's a lower end zone, and you get the tailgate, and uh, so I'm looking for somebody to go to the game with. So... Uh, all right, let me know if you know anybody that, that wants to go. Thanks a lot. Absolutely. Yeah, so that's this is what we'll do. This is why I wanted to play the call. If you want to go, down below in the comments on YouTube, if you're watching on YouTube, put it in the comments. Say, John from the Poconos, I want in. And, John, what I'll ask you to do is uh, go to the comments section, and we'll try to, we'll try to get it to, to link up. I'll, uh, we'll try to get you guys linked up in, in the comments there. So sorry, your buddy couldn't make it. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, we'll see if they're able to get somebody else, uh, in their spot, but opening night should be, should be a lot of fun. I'm going to be covering it, uh, from, from here. Um, 
I'm not going to make it out. I'm going to uh, the Jets-Chargers game this year on Monday Night Football. We're doing a group outing with the Talking Jets guys. Uh, tickets are available on TalkingJets.com if you want to join us. Uh, you get uh, a ticket, uh, a tailgate experience with Tailgate Joe as well, as you mentioned, uh, that we'll be doing the same thing. So a ticket, Tailgate Joe, uh, and an on-field experience before the game. Uh, and we'll all be there hanging out. So it'll be a lot of fun if you're interested in that, TalkingJets.com. Next up, we're going to go to the main Jet calling in. He has some thoughts on the offensive line. Hi, Matt. This is Main Jet, and I just want to call in and give you a couple of my thoughts in regards to the offensive line after the first uh, preseason game. And uh, first of all, what I thought going into it was that the situation with the offensive line was becoming untenable. It was getting to the point where, you know, we just weren't seeing enough out of the tackles, and if we couldn't elevate Makai Becton, okay, and we couldn't, uh, you know, see a little more excitement, you know, out of it, at least be able to elevate him up to the uh, playing with the ones or something like that, that we were going to have to get another tackle or guard. Now, I think they may do that anyway because they do have $35 million, uh extra to talk about. But with that said, I was very encouraged by how Becton played, I thought that Tipman was blowing people off the ball. And as far as I'm concerned, I think both Becton and Tipman are due for promotions. Um, I think that Becton should be playing with the ones as of after this game. He should be elevated up to it. I don't know where they're going to put him. Are they going to put him on right tackle or left tackle? Who knows? But Tipman needs to be elevated at least to the twos. I think he was playing with the threes. He needs to be playing with the with the twos, maybe even the ones, because um, he is fantastically athletic. And, you know, all in all, I think the Jets were just better in every single way than the Carolina Panthers. And they were more prepared. They were a little more physical. Um, they just had a lot more athletic ability. And, and right now, I'm looking at this Jets team, and I am so uber excited right now because, as far as I'm concerned, this is the most deep roster I have ever seen the Jets have before. And I'll take your thoughts on that. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I agree. This team is really, really deep, and I'm very excited uh, about that. And, and you mentioned the offensive line. So a, a couple of thoughts there. With One with Joe Tipman. Him being elevated really to the twos as of, I believe it was early last week. They moved Wes Schweitzer, who was really uh, center to. They moved him over to guard, and he's playing more guard. But what I love from... You know, we found out at practice yesterday that they are going to mix him in with the ones. Tipman's ceiling and athleticism is so, so, so exciting. And the thought of, oh, well, Aaron Rodgers, he might not want to work with the rookie center. And I understand that a little bit to an extent, but it's not the end of the world that some people think it is. I, I, I think he would work with the rookie center uh, if he sees that he's the best guy out there. And he's put a lot again. He's put a lot of really good things on tape through the two preseason games and through the you know a ton of practices. And maybe he doesn't end up winning the job right away, but I don't think it'd be long before he's pushing for that for that starting spot. With all due respect to Connor McGovern, who's an okay starting center, like let's call it what it is. He, he would start on probably half the teams in the league, maybe a little less than that. But uh, overall, 
I, I am all in on getting Tipman the reps because I think he could be a special player. Makai, I wish they would give him reps at right tackle. I really do for whatever reason. They, the Jets won't. They won't do it. It feels like that they will refuse to do it, and they view him almost exclusively on that left side. I think it's a mistake because Dwayne Brown is going to return, and he's going to play over there. And I would like Becton to have the flexibility to either play on, to play on either side. Yes, technically he does because he has done it, but... Without, I mean, he hasn't really played games in two years, and he's done exclusively left tackle. I, I would like to get him some work on the right-hand side if they think he's a serious candidate for that spot. But this tells, tells me they don't view him as a serious candidate for that spot. Again, I don't know if that's the right decision, uh, but I think that's just how it is. But you're right. This is uh, an incredibly deep football team, an incredibly deep New York Jets team, uh, and I am excited to watch them get after it in 2023. Uh, that's for damn sure. Good call on the offensive line and elevating those guys. I agree with both of those thoughts. Let's go to PG on Long Island. He wants to talk about guys potentially getting scooped off the practice squad and off waivers. Hello, Matt. This is Pat, uh, PG from Long Island. Uh, quick question here. Last year, the Jets had the most players picked up uh, off waivers in the league. Again, this year they have a very deep team, it seems. My question is, knowing that these guys are going to hit the waiver wire if they get released, how valuable are they in the trade market? So, just seeing, you know, um, Bryce Hall, maybe a cornerback, maybe one of the running backs, maybe one of that deep, deep defensive line. What can you expect from them? Is it is it nothing more than a additional six-round pick, or is there an opportunity to trade some of these players for a more substantial draft pick? Uh, anyway, looking to see your thoughts on that, and as always, go Jets. Yeah, that's a really good question because, you know, unfortunately, I, I keep bringing up this example, but it's a good one, and it's because it's in recent history and recent memory with last year. Uh, but the New York Jets decided to let Jason Pinnock go. Uh, he was someone that they used uh, a first uh, first round pick. Jesus, uh, day three pick. On, could you imagine they they let him go after using a first round pick on him? Uh, they they used the day three pick on Jason Pinnock in twenty twenty one. He didn't play a whole lot on that team in limited role, but the plan was to convert him to safety. Uh, and they started to do that a little bit in, in training camp last year. And it was good. It was working for a little bit. And the Jets got got cute. Uh, I'll call it like it is. I think they tried to get cute and put him on the practice squad. Their intention was to bring him back. And he got claimed. The Giants claimed him. And guess what? He's playing significant snaps in a playoff game, uh, which is which is crazy. But, you know, sometimes this stuff happens. I think if you're going to train anyone with any sort of trade value, Michael Carter, who I think would be a fifth or a sixth round pick, probably a sixth. Um, Bryce Hall, maybe. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anyone else who you could get draft picks for. I would think no, but I also, like, there's been other guys the Jets have had on their roster that I didn't think they were getting picks for. Uh, was it Jordan Willis? Uh, Blake Cashman? You never know. With uh, Robert Sala he, I, I, and Joe and Joe Douglas, more so Joe Douglas. You never can tell. I would think those would be the two guys, though. 
in Carter and Bryce Hall who can maybe fetch you something. Uh, Bam Knight, I don't know if anyone would put a claim in on Bam because, and I mean a trade in, because uh, the reason why is because I think they would put a claim in on him if that was the case. Because they know that the Jets have an overload of running backs. So if no one bites on him, then you're going to be able to just pick him up. Although if maybe if you're a little bit further down the line in the waiver wire, maybe I just talked myself out of it. Uh, maybe you can get a sixth or seventh for Bam Knight. I would put that at as, as a small likelihood. I would think you'd be able to get more for Michael Carter in a trade um, and Bryce Huff, but I don't think you're getting anything more than like a sixth, something around that for, for both those guys. But I like where your head's at. I like the thought process uh, behind that because, uh, well, you, you you don't want to lose out these lose out on these guys for nothing. Let's do uh, James in New Jersey wants to talk about some of the roster gymnastics. Yo, what's up, Matt? This is James from Brick, New Jersey. Um, wanted to talk some roster gymnastics with you. This was just something that came to my mind. Not that I think uh, this is something the Jets would actually do, but. Um, I was kind of thinking, so I feel like it's either going to come to, at the end of the day, keeping a fullback in Nick Bodden or keeping a fourth tight end in a guy like Zach Koontz, the the rookie, uh, who obviously has, you know, standout athletic ability. And so I was wondering if there's a chance, you know, just wanted to get your opinion. What if instead of... um, keeping a fourth tight end, um, you know, instead of that, I was thinking they would only do maybe five receivers, keep Koontz and keep Bodden, because I feel like Zach Koontz mm. is a guy who could almost serve as a wide receiver just because of his frame. He's like, the guy's like Megatron if you look at him. Um, so, yeah, just wanted to get your opinions on that. Uh, always love watching your show, Matt. Thank you. And finally, uh, finally got the chance to call in. So, thanks again. Absolutely. Thank you so much for watching, and please call back. Love having you on the show. Love when you guys call in and interact. That's that's what makes it so fun. I love, uh, you know, it's a challenge sometimes in the off season to you know can put out content every single day, uh, but when like in the season during the games, I love when there's so many voicemails and we do like an hour long show. Uh, and really get the interaction going. It, it's it's a lot of fun. So I appreciate you calling and checking in. But I think you bring up a really good point with uh, with Koontz because a, a couple of reasons. Number one, as you mentioned, Bowden's going to make this roster. The uh, Nathaniel Hackett, Aaron Rodgers. There's just both of them. Too many signs point to them loving a uh, a fullback uh, in the offense. And I know like. My dad is going to be so happy because he is a smash mouth football guy. Always loves when teams use the fullback, like loves watching the uh, the 49ers and the Ravens offense because they will still utilize the fullback or even like the Packers when they had like John Kuhn, they were still using the fullback, but really, really loves that. And uh, I get it. I, I, I totally get it. And I think in this offense, it, it it works. It makes sense for what they're trying to do, but that's an underrated point because most people are assuming that the Jets will keep six receivers and that uh, the sixth receiver would be one of Brownlee, Malik Taylor, or Xavier Gibson, I believe. Um, but what if they keep five and in order to keep that fourth tight end, which would be Koontz, 
they essentially use him as a wide receiver, which he kind of is at this point. He's not really like an inline tight end who can block. Like Jeremy Ruckert coming out, you knew that he could like, pl- like play the position, block, do all that stuff. Where Kuntz is a project. You love the athleticism that he has and that he can make plays and really maybe he could be you know, a creative player who gets a couple of touches in the red zone or like a couple of design plays over the course of the season. I'm not saying a regular this year, but if they view him as a potential long-term project, it might make sense to try to keep him because that's another guy who, yes, he used a, I think it was a seventh round pick on him, but there's a lot of really crappy rosters in the NFL. I think someone would take a shot on uh, on claiming him. I don't know that it's going to be Uh, a lock that you'll be able to wave him and get him on your practice squad. You might lose him if you do that. So that would be a good way in order to ensure that he sticks. So I like that. That's uh, that's pretty smart. Let's go, Travis. Travis, my friend. How are you? Travis from Ohio. Hey, Matt. Yo. Travis from Ohio. Dalvin freaking Cook. Love it. Best running back room in the league. Oh. You know, when I called in a couple of weeks ago, I said, this is the best Jets roster I've seen, and I was wrong. And I'm man enough to admit when I was wrong. We didn't have Dalvin Cook yet. <laughs> I was on the roster, and I was, this is the best roster I've ever seen. Jets That's had. funny. That's funny. So, loving it. Hey, uh, I got to check out some Carolina uh, podcasters, sure. Just to see the other side of the tracks, um, see what they were saying about the Jets, and they were really hyping up their O line. They thought that was a strength coming into the year, and the couple guys I listened to, they were like, the O line still might be all right, but the Jets D line might be the best. D-line in football, and that was going against our second, third, and fourth stringers. So that got me pretty excited. Yep. And if our offense is going against those guys, yeah, they might be beating them up, but that whole iron sharpens iron thing. <laughs> no, and they looked a lot better against other teams out there, and that's without Rogers, you know, behind center. So... And I know where O-line is still getting shifted around, and they keep saying they're going to play their five best. So we'll see. But anyway, Dalvin Cook's a Jet. Today's a good day. And and, and this isn't Matt Forte. This isn't Le'Veon Bell. Dalvin Cook's still in his prime. He had a kind of down year last year, but he's still in his prime. They're still treading on no tires. Not like Bell or... Matt Forte. So, anyway, love you, buddy. Go Jets. Bye. I love it. Thank you so much. Love hearing your voice, Travis. Hope you're doing well. Uh, I really hope that he is this team's uh, Ladanian Tomlinson. That is my hope uh, for what Dalvin Cooks. You know what Dalvin Cook gives the uh, gives the Jets uh, in 2010. He went for 914 yards and six touchdowns. Uh, he also added 368 yards and no receiving touchdowns. Although I believe he may have, re- yes, he did have a, he definitely had a receiving touchdown in the playoffs against New England uh, that year. And he had a couple, cl- a couple of clutch touchdowns 
uh, in the in the playoffs. He had one against the Colts that year um, as well. So yeah, I mean that's what really you hope he is. You hope it's not you know Matt Forte in 2016-17 running in quicksand. <laughs> that was really rough. Oof. Uh, or you hope that it's not. Uh, Chris Johnson in 2014 when he was pretty much cooked at that point. Um, or who else? There's some other good ones. You mentioned Le'Veon Bell, Frank Gore at the end. Of the, he's not quite as old as Frank Gore, but, you know, you hope that there's still a little bit left uh, in the tank there and that he eases uh, Brees Hall back into this thing. You know, that's that's the goal is you want to make sure that Brees is fully healthy and ready to go in December and beyond. So, uh, yeah, that's that's cool. That's I hope that's what is the case with the the addition of Dalvin Cook. We got one more. We're going to close out with Joe calling in from Long Island. He wants to talk about uh, Dalvin. All right, let's do it. Hey, Matt. Joe from Long Island. Uh, My parents were from Queens. I'm out in Phoenix now, so I know it's kind of a late call. I hope they didn't wake you up. Um, You know, I watched the Super Bowl game with my dad on the couch. Uh... (laughs) With Joe Namath, my feet, you know, my legs didn't go over the couch. Uh, <laughs> You're young, I'm guessing. But I love your content. I love you guys. I love that the, there's this new format of information and the, the no bullshit stuff. Um, Thank you. And so I like Richie and Brian and Green Bean and the guy who never says his name. I, you know, anyway, and also the Buffalo guy, um, etc. Uh but you're my stand, my guy. You know, you, you deliver content in a very uh, uh, digestible way for me. And uh, and I really appreciate that. Love you, man. Thank you. Uh, here's my question. Does Dalvin Cook make the offensive line better? That's it. Love you, man. Keep it going, man. And as always, go Jets. J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. Let's go, man. Woo! I love it. I love the enthusiasm there with the J-E-T-S. My dad's from Queens uh, as well originally before uh, moving out to Long Island. So uh, love the love the Queens connection. I have I have uh, love for Queens. So many trips to Shea Stadium as a kid. Now now City Field. Uh, and my dad grew up there. So uh, I always appreciate that borough. Uh, as for. And and also too before I, we get into the your your question, uh, I do appreciate the kind words there, and I love our Jets content creator community that we have. Uh, there's are so many really good creators out there, and you're right. Like in today's world, you have the ability to watch content on your favorite team, like on demand, pretty much with with YouTube or on in podcast form. You know, back in the day, it was, you know, you had ESPN or Sports Talk Radio and like, that's cool. But maybe you're just someone who's hyper focused on the Jets. And now you have this avenue of people putting out Jets video that you could watch on your TV or computer or phone every single day. It's awesome. I love that I get to do this. Seriously, like yesterday with the Brees Hall uh, when we, you got the news that Brees Hall was coming back and that he was activated off the pup list, like that rush to go, like get that video up immediately as the news comes out. Like there's nothing like that. It's, it's so much fun. I love getting to do this every day. As far as does Dalvin make the offensive line better? I, I don't necessarily, <clears throat> excuse me. I don't necessarily think so. I don't think, I think the offense, I think offensive lines could make running backs better, but I think it's hard for running backs to make offensive lines better. And, you know, a big 
criticism of the Jets signing Le'Veon Bell in 2019 was that their offensive line was nowhere close to being ready for a player like that. And I admittedly made the mistake of saying, well, I think Le'Veon's good enough where he can mitigate that. And he's such a weapon out of, you know, catching the ball. And I just don't think part of it was Adam Gase didn't use him right. Part of it was he was kind of done. And another part was that the offensive line wasn't good enough. It's kind of a culmination of all those things. But for for Dalvin, no, I don't think Dalvin will. I don't think Brees Hall makes it better. I think they, uh, I think they all benefit from the uh, from their offensive line. Uh, but I don't. It's very challenging for a running back to make a bad offensive line look good. I mean, look at Saquon Barkley. He's a great running back. Uh, but when they had a couple really bad offensive lines, he didn't do that great. Last year, offensive line improved. Andrew Thomas, now one of the best tackles in football, and he looked back like his college and rookie self. You know, So I, I, I don't think he makes the offensive line better. What I think he does is add an insurance policy to uh, Brees Hall uh, and adds a veteran that they trust. Uh, because they had a very young running back room. I like the youth. I would have been comfortable rolling with the youth, but the the Jets felt that they wanted a veteran there, uh, someone who's been there and done it, and that's exactly what Dalvin Cook's done. So let me know what you guys think down in the comments below. This is another episode of Just Jets. If you can, please leave a like if you're watching on YouTube. Comment, share with a friend. That really helps a lot. I appreciate all the love and support. If you're listening in the audio form, leave a review. Leave a comment. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. I'm Matt O'Leary, and I'll catch you next time.